know who I am? I found that out when I gave my heart to the Lord. So when I know who I am, I'm expressing who I am in Christ confidently. Amen. If you don't know Jesus, and I will say this, there are many Christians who call themselves Christians, but afraid to say they are believers with their friends. If you deny Christ, he will deny you, the Bible says. Amen. If you deny Christ, the Bible says he will deny you. The Bible also teaches us those who say, Lord, Lord, will not enter into the kingdom, but unless those who do the what? The will of the Father. Amen. I can stand there and go, Lord, 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 oh Lord. <laughs> you can have all the stuff, but if I hold un unforgiveness, if I hold grudge, if I hold uh, unbelief, if I hold worldly uh, thought patterns in my life and live according to the world, I am not doing the will of the Father. Amen. So, how do I express Christ? Expression church. Expressing Christ is the more you know God, the more you express God. Amen. If you don't know God, you won't express God. The more I get to know God, he, my sheep what? They hear my, and they what? Ignore me? They follow me. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. A lot of us, we don't know how to recognize the voice of God. Why? Because the noise of the world is louder than the, 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 the voice of God. Amen. We are so pressured. Trust me, I've been under a lot of pressure. Since I've arrived back from India, I've been under tremendous pressure. I've heard so many words. I've heard so many suggestions, so many uh, uh, input, so much input into my mind, my heart. But I had to go and hear the voice of God. So expressing with Christ, with confidence, is about, I want us to ask yourself, are you expressing Christ confidently in your life wherever you go? It's not a, this is not a question of con condemnation. This is a question of challenge. Yeah. I want to challenge you with the help of the Holy Spirit. And don't just be challenged, but be changed because the word of God changes us. So expressing Christ with confidence. And, and, and you know, during a time of difficulties and uncertainties, a lot of people lose their faith, lose their courage, lose their focus, lose their motivation. And that's dangerous because God's solution for distraction, God's solution for discouragement, defeat, disappointment uh, is to give us a vision. God gave a vision to the people of God, not when they were doing good, but when they were having a difficult time. And we read the pattern in the Lord. And I want to talk about the vision of this church, which is raise and empower a generation who changed their world for Christ. And matter of fact, a life with distraction, discouragement, defeat, and disappointment is a loss of vision. If you're living with distractions, disappointments, defeat, and discouragement, that means you've lost your vision from God. Now, disappointments and discouragements come. Trust me, they do come. But I'm going to put that before Jesus and receive His healing. About three weeks ago, I was very, very sad in my spirit 
And um, after church, this was at church, just after church, and I was very sad. And I told my wife, I said, I'm very sad in my heart. I'm extremely sad. And then we drove to another church. A friend of ours was getting inducted. And we went to this church in town. And I was in worship there. And I was, I just, I was heavy heart. And I just worshipped God. I was worshipping God. And the Lord said, put your sadness at my feet. And I had to do that to exchange his joy. Now, if I don't do that, then what I'm expressing is discouragement. What I'm expressing is defeat. I don't want that in my life. And I pray and I hope and believe that you won't have it in your life. Amen. Amen. So uh, life, uh, 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 life of vision inspires action. A life of vision inspires action. Because I have a vision of who I am in God, I am inspired to express Christ confidently. People think I'm weird, so it be. Because the gospel is foolishness to this world. Amen. The gospel is foolishness to this world. Let us not be deceived thinking that we are cleverer than God. We are not cleverer than God. Don't deceive yourself thinking, oh, it's okay to sin a little bit and Jesus a little bit, devil a little bit, Jesus a little bit. This is not walls. The Bible says if you're lukewarm, he's going to vomit you out. Amen. Now you may say, am I speaking out of anger? I'm not speaking out of anger. I'm speaking out of conviction. And I, if I, my role is not to entertain you. My role is to equip you. My role is to encounter us in the presence of God, that God will encounter us in where we are. He will remove the sin once and for all, set us free once and for all, so we can walk in the freedom in Christ Jesus. Then I'm, when I come into the church, my hands are not down. It's only an expression. It's not condemnation. My hands are not down. My hands are up because I stand in the grace of God. It's not what I have done that I have achieved this. It's because of what he has done, I achieved this. And because of what he's done, I come into his presence with joy, with thanksgiving. Amen. So expressing Christ confidently. Now, I grew up in church three generations. What am I? Yeah, I'm a three generation um, Christian. That means nothing to Jesus. Just because I was born into a church, my first name is Emmanuel, FYI. It's Emmanuel, VJ, Peter, Pirimala. VJ, there's an Indian name, good name. It's like a John, you know. Uh, that's my name, Emmanuel, VJ, Peter, Pirimala. Emmanuel, it's a Christian name. God with us, yay, yay, yay. But if I don't walk with God, that main name means nothing. Just because you were born in a Christian family does mean nothing. Just because you can recite the word of God means nothing. I've had friends that have could recite the, the uh, epistles of John, uh, Paul. And I used to get so mad in Sunday school. Because they used to like Philippians chapter 1. And I was like, wow, how do they do that? Do they have a bug in their ear? You know, someone's reading it out to them. But those very people that recited and got a chocolate and a clap. And I got a slap, you know, uh, because I was naughty. Now the very ones who knew it here are not walking with God. Christianity is not ticking the box. Christianity is picking the cross. That literally just came now. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
So life of vision provides focus. It gives faith. Life of vision gives you faith. Life of vision gives you motivation. Life of vision produces discipline. It opens doors for miracle. It gives life, it gives purpose to our life. It gives purpose to our life. And one of the greatest things you can receive, uh, uh, um, I'll read this here, a person without vision will be a slave to their reality, their circumstances. It's too cold, it's too hot, the government's doing this, there's that happening. I have a vision. I have a dream kind of thing. You know, I have a vision. My vision is that the Lord's name will be glorified irrespective of what happens in this world. The Lord will raise a standard when the devil comes attacking us. When he comes like a flood, the Lord will raise a standard. That is my vision. Though the thousand may fall at my right and the ten thousand at my left or right, he will not Hallelujah. Nothing shall harm me. Psalm 91. Amen. One of the greatest things you can receive from God after you receive salvation and the gift of the Holy Spirit is a personal vision for your life. And I want to ask you, what is the vision for your life? What is your vision for your life? Is it to just to get a degree and then uh, I've got a bachelor's in commerce. It means nothing. It means nothing. I've studied that just to tick the box. It means nothing. Education is good, but it is not the end of all everything. You have to study. Please get me, try to understand my heart. But that's not what we live for. What is your vision in your life? What is the vision God has given you? A vision will keep you on course during difficult times. A person without vision has no sense of direction. But a vision will keep you a sense, give you a sense of motivation and keep you moving forward. And we see that with the Israelites when, they, when God gave them a vision and he said, my vision to you is my promise that I will lead you into a promised land. But because they never captured it, they always complained while they were in the wilderness. So what is the vision God is giving you? God gave Abraham a vision. He gave him a vision and he said, look, Look up to the stars in the sky. That's how many children you will have. It's a vision. He had to catch the vision. God gave Noah a vision. He said, I'm going to destroy, but I'll give you a vision. Go build an ark, Noah. What is an ark? But he stepped out by faith. He believed God's word and he fulfilled the vision God gave him. God gave Gideon a vision. Gideon was hiding in the threshold and he was, uh, 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 he was uh, grinding. And then the angel of the Lord appears and says, You, mighty man of valor. Me, mighty man of valor. I'm not. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. But, but the Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared and called him, You, mighty man of valor. Why? Because that's how God sees. How do you see yourself? This is not self-praise. This is not a big head. I'm not talking about a big head. I'm talking about the truth. When God qualifies you, don't disqualify yourself. 
God sees us as people of God who are world changers. Amen. You may say, me, a world changer? Yes, you are. Why? Because he who created the world lives in you. So you have the power of God within you to express Christ confidently. So I'm talking about the vision. God gave Peter a vision. Peter got saved and God gave him a vision. And he said, Peter, drop your nets and I will make you fishes of men. There's a vision. Every time there's an encounter with God, there's a vision. We don't come to church for good times. We come to church for God times. We come, we don't just come and go. We come, grow, and then go. Amen. You're all quiet. But that's the vision. Vision changes. What's your vision for your children? What's your vision for your grandchildren? Are you praying that over there? All my children don't follow God. Well, begin to pray the vision of God. What do you see the vision of God over your children? What's the vision of God over your grandchildren? Oh God, I pray that my children grow up, marry one and have three children and I'm happy. No, is that the vision? That is a very sad vision. You don't need a vision for that. That's just called life. A vision is something that is bigger than you that is Christ in you, that is pumping your heart and your blood, adrenaline kicks in because, wow, I can do this with Christ. God looks at us as world changes. God looks at you as a, a witness, a light on a uh, top of a hill, a salt of the earth. That's how God looks at you. You cannot express Christ confidently if you don't see Christ clearly. Amen. I wish I could play you the Specsavers ad where this big man goes into a sauna. And I'm sure you've all seen that. Um, Google it when you go home. But he goes into the sauna and he sits there and uh, it's all, what do you call it, foggy. And I can't remember, but I think he's around with some, uh, I don't know where he was. But look at it. But my point is vision. I want to talk, if your vision is blurry... If your vision is blurry, you can't see where you're going. I remember when growing up, we did a mission trip in uh, one of the villages in India. And we were going back to the city that I am from, Hyderabad. And uh, we were driving this truck. <coughs> we, we, our lights went off. Um, so I had a torchlight. I kid you not, this is a true story. I used a torchlight as a light to drive to get home. Because I didn't want to miss the service Sunday morning. And it was raining. But you see, we had every, we had diesel in the car. We, had, we know how to drive. We had a desire to drive. But if we didn't have vision, proper vision, we can't move forward. A lot of us, God has put the Holy Spirit in you. God has given you dreams. God has given you ideas. God has given you power. But if you don't have vision, you can't move forward. Is your vision seriously to go home at 12 o'clock and eat some good food and buy something online or put it on after pay? Is your vision to really go, oh, well, God's plan is a bit average. I will just stick with uh, my plan. Don't do that. Abraham did it and he got in trouble. Don't produce Ishmael's. Don't produce Ishmael's in flesh. Wait on the promise of God. Stick to the vision that God has given you. 
A person without vision is worse than a person without sight. You may not have sight, but if you have vision, I mean, look at Stevie Wonder. Amazing. Yeah. I just come to say, you know, amazing. Yeah, I know you can sing it. Uh, but but you, you see, you've got to have the vision, and it's not the sight. It's the vision. It's a supernatural vision. When the world says that I, am not, I don't look good, when the world says I've got a long nose, when the world says I am big, when the world says I don't have enough, when the world teaches me I'm not good enough, I get a vision in the presence of God that I'm a mighty man of valor, and if God before me, who can be against me? So I rise up in the strength of God, and stand and lift my hands and praise and carry on living this life for the glory of God. That is the vision. We can't run the gospel if we don't understand the power of the gospel. I think I'm preaching good. Expression Church was birthed I want to give you a little bit of history too. Expression Church was birthed in October 1973. 1973, how do I know this? We celebrated 50 years, uh, the year that I was appointed. It was birthed 1973, but the church was birthed and the word of God has been the foundation of this church. So this October, we will celebrate 59 years. That's pretty cool. There have been three pastors, or I'm the third, but there are four pastors, but long pastors, pastors that pastored for a long period of time were two, Rob Wheeler, Bruce McDonald. Now I've taken over. There was another pastor in between for a little while, but God has been protecting this church. God has been faithful to his bride. He is faithful to his bride because he teaches us, hey, lay your life down for your bride just as just as Christ laid down his life for the church. So he is for the church and the gates of hell shall not and will not come against the body of Christ. So that he will fight for us. He will fight for us. We don't need to fight. So the church has been going for 50, almost 59 years and it's been founded on the word of God. And when I took over this church along with Kara in 19, not 19, in 2014, in 2014, December, 14th of December, we were appointed as pastors. We got prayed here. There was entirely a different team. A lot of seasons have come and gone since then. But I know one thing, that the vision of God doesn't change. It's not dependent on people. The vision of God is dependent on location. The vision of God is not dependent on the season we are in. The vision of God comes from Him. He paid the price for his bride. He loves his bride and he's going to lead his bride. We are to follow Jesus. So when I was praying, when I took over this church, that's when I said to the Lord, I thank you that I took lovely people here, you know, nice buildings. Thank you, Jesus. But what am I meant to do with them? I prayed and the Lord said, call it expression church. That means that you will express your life for the glory of God. Expression, expression, expression. Ex Turn to your neighbor and say, express. 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 You are to express the love of God. You are to express the joy of God. You know, it's easy to express the joy of God when things are going well. 
It's easy. Take me to Yamcha, you will see the joy of the Lord in me this afternoon. Seriously. Chicken feet, beautiful. Amen. Yala. Yeah. But that's not what I'm talking about. The joy of the Lord is when you are going through hell. His joy will strengthen me. That all I see is darkness. But I know He is my light. In the hopeless situation, I speak Jesus who is hope. So when I was praying, God showed me four pillars. The foundation is the word of God. And this church is very blessed with the word of God. The foundation of this church to raise an empire is the word of God. And, and I, I saw four pillars. And if you can put it on the screen, please. Number one is I, I believe that when I, when I first took over this church, I believe that we are a church. There are four pillars that God was speaking to me about. The word is the foundation. There are four pillars. Number one, we are strong in worship. We are strong in worship. How am I excited that we got a worship night on every Saturday night at 7 p.m.? If you are hungry, come. You will be fed well. Don't go home and watch your uh, Netflix and put your feet up because you had a rough day. No, come and be renewed. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Come and worship Jesus. Worship, worshiping God is being a pillar in this church. Number two is a spirit of generosity. Spirit of generosity is, is also a pillar of this church. There are some amazing things that we've done through this church. Our church bought, uh, bought a piece of land and established a school uh, which was known as Hebron Christian College. And when we bought the property, I understand somebody sold the house and gave money to buy the property. Now that's out of, out of this world, faith. And here we struggle to put $20 in giving. But we're happy to go and eat $50 steak. Because it's Wagyu beef. Nobody knows what Wagyu beef is. You read the name, you go, oh, it's a cool, let's eat it. How do you know it? We're happy to put that money. What I'm trying to say, we are, I have this, another pillar is spirit of generosity. We are generous with our money. We are generous with our time. And I want to say this leadership, current leadership is very generous with the money and their time. If you have a problem, they'll come and visit you. They'll journey with you. They'll commit themselves. We will do that. Why? We want to see that you are raised and you're empowered and you're released and you literally lost balance, but you will go jump out in the world. And I'm just doing a little bit of a, you know, anyway. But you can go outside and live the life that God wants you to live. Amen. Number three is pioneering spirit. Pioneering spirit. We, we want to have a pioneering spirit. We started the school uh, back in the day. And I believe today we, are, I'm, I'm, this is my prayer. Now I'm, it's easy to talk these when we have thousands of people in this church. But I believe that we are to plant churches in the world. That is our desire. That is our plan. That's our purpose. That we want to plant expression churches wherever the Lord leads us. And number four is strong prophetic gift. We have a very prophetic, strong prophetic gift in this church. 
very strong prophetic. Even in worship, we are saying, let's move in the prophetic in the worship. That you will catch a prophetic word. That you will get God. Every time when life is miserable to the men of God and the women of God, God showed up in their miserable state and he gave them a message of hope. I remember 1994 when I gave my heart to the Lord and I, I came to the Lord broken heart and God touched me and he gave me a vision. He called me to be in ministry and I've never looked back. Never looked back. And I know there are some of you, God is calling you into ministry but you're avoiding that. Because you say, God, let me first go do this. Let me build my business. Let me first get married. Let me first go bury my father. You get my point? And then I will follow you. It doesn't work like that. He is the chief cornerstone. He is your foundation. He is your chief shepherd. You follow Christ and God will open doors for you. I didn't say to the Lord, let me finish my bachelor's in commerce, then get, let me get married, then my children, when they turn 18, leave the house, then I'll come into ministry. No. I heard the voice of God. I gave my life to the Lord. I followed God and I still follow God. From age 14, I knew God called me into ministry and I have never looked back on that. And I got into ministry in year 2020. Not, not 2020, year 2000. I got into ministry and all I wanted to do was serve God. While I was doing my bachelor's in commerce, I was already doing Bible college and I was serving in church. I took bachelor's in commerce because it's much easier than other seriously Tony's looking staring at me he's not looking staring at me accounting is a bit more easier than other well I thought because so, I've got a sister who's done science so I didn't want her to do science that's not me takes your whole life any science students here I think Eliza is a science student other than oh there's another science uh, pray Lord science student pray Lord in Jesus name help them uh, but I seriously took, I took, um, I took bachelors in commerce because it's more, I have more time to serve God. I want to give you four points and I want to close this morning and we're going to close with a hymn called, Be Thou My Vision. I want to read from Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1 to 4. And I'm going to break this down very quickly and give you four points. And I want to do that because I believe this church, we want to raise and empower. If you are part of this church, please don't come and go. We don't want you to just be a visitor. We want you to be part of the family. Amen. That we all work together for one another and we are stronger together for the glory of God. Amen. We are committed to raising leaders. I genuinely believe and I pray that we will see healings in this place. We will see miracles in this place. And I want to say we've already seen a miracle with Tom and Lisa. That is a miracle having a child. We've seen miracles will take place. We've seen salvations. That's the greatest miracle. We are seeing miracles. We're going to see healings in this place. We're going to see many more salvations. I pray that we will write songs that will minister to this nation and the nations. I do pray that. So if you write songs, don't hide them, but expose them to God. I pray that we will take 
this world for the glory of God. And you may look around as I look at you, what are you talking about? Let me tell you, my vision is in here, not out there. I know what God is speaking to me. And I believe that God's going to raise a generation that will know how to stand for the glory of God. So, chapter, uh, chapter 1. Chapter 2 of Habakkuk, verse 1. And my first point is be near to hear. If you're not near to God, you cannot hear God. Who's, I don't want to ask the, I mean, I'll ask the question, but don't put your hand up. But who struggles to hear the voice of God? Don't put your hand up if you struggle. You, you struggle to hear the voice of God because you are far from God. That the noise of the world and the noise in your own head is louder than the voice of God. So Habakkuk says, I stand my watch and set myself on the rampart to watch and see what he will say to me. Say with me, say to me. And I will answer when I am corrected. So that means if I don't have a vision of God and then if I don't see myself in the, in the vision of God and I can't, if I can't hear God, then I can't walk confidently in God. That's why I put it as, you know, be near to hear. You want to know God? Abide in God. Rest in God. Abide in me and I in you. Hallelujah. Intimacy with God. If you say, I don't know who to marry. Well, abide in God. No joke. Some of you already know. The first time I asked my wife out, I said, hey, I think I'm falling in love with you and I'm ready to marry you. That's the first conversation we had. Don't do that unless you hear from God. And I had prophecies. Oh, you know, she's not the one for you. This December is 20 years. She's the only one for me. Be near to hear. I don't hear the voice of Please, I encourage you. Sunday morning hearing the voice of God cannot work. Every day, open your Bible. Every day, read your Bible. Take time, 1.30 to 2 p.m. No, 1 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. Stronger together. Come, let's dig into the Word of God. Let's, oh, but you don't know, Pastor, what happened in my life. I don't know, but Christ knows. And He said 2,000 years ago that it is finished on the cross. Your sin, your guilt, your shame, what you did, even this morning was already nailed to the cross. So you walk free in God. Now be near to hear. And He's saying, come. Come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me, I will give you identity. Come to me, I will fulfill I mean, Tiffany has a testimony which I won't steal. But for her to come to this church was a big deal. Hey, that's rhyme too. <laughs> but you see, when you obey God, hearing is not just hearing. The Bible says hearing is obeying. Faith comes by hearing. That means obeying. Obey the voice of God. Obey the voice of God. Learn to hand, stand in God and He will bless you. I don't have time to unpack a lot, but number one, be near to hear. Number two, vision requires action. When you walk in, you see on the wall, it says Expression Church Vision. I don't know how many of you read it. It says, raise and empower a generation who change the world for Christ. And we are committed to that. What you read there, you see that here. 
You see these young men, it's not about age. I want to say, whoever's hungry, we want to raise you up. Whoever is hungry for God, we want to raise you up. We want to raise you not because we have the answers. We know he has the answer. He's our father and he's going to equip you. He's going to empower you. He's going to release you. And you're going to go out there and be the light and do everything that God has called. And no devil in hell will stop you. Vision requires action. And to raise and empower, it takes time. It was very sweet of Jonathan. Last Friday, Friday week ago, he said, Pastor Peter, can I catch up with you? I, and, and Pastor Kara, I said, okay, buddy. He said, I'm free. Mon uh, Wednesday, Tuesday, Friday. No, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we are free. I said, okay. Friday, he reminded me. Saturday, he messages me. Sunday, he asks me, can we catch up? And then, of course, we know what was happening, what is brewing. And then they come home. Uh, Tiffany and Jonathan come at 10 a.m., 10 p.m., sorry, after a meeting. They stay till 1 a.m. And then today is a history of God and engagement. And it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. But what I'm trying to say is we are committed to the cause. We are committed to the cause. We're not saying it's 1 a.m. Jonathan, please go home because I want to go to work. I've got three children. After you left, we have to do the lunch boxes and all that stuff. There's life too. But we are committed to the cause. I'm not saying look at us. I'm saying what we are saying is we are committed. We put our hands on the plow. We are not going to look back. But I'm asking you, if you're hungry, you're saying, I want to lay my life down for Jesus. We will, with you, lay our lives down for Jesus and see you raised and empower. Not just me. I'm telling you, uh, I'm, I'm, there are couples in this church who have done crazy things for the glory of God. I know I'm over time, but please hear my heart. This is important to get it. Vision requires action. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets and your iPads, that he may run who reads it. Amen. Then the Lord answered me and said, When you are near, you hear. And he gives you instruction. Write your vision. What's your vision over your marriage? What's your vision over your family? What's your vision over yourself? What's your vision over you 20 years from now? What is God saying to you? Write it down. Number one, please, write it down. That means define the vision. Number two is declare the vision. That means speak it out. Speak it out. I speak Jesus. Speak it out. Speak it out in the name of Jesus. Lord, that my marriage to come in a few, whenever, when uh, my marriage to come, I speak Jesus into my marriage. Make me the man of God that I may lead this bride-to-be in all that you have destined for her. I speak Jesus. What do you speak over your life? Declare your vision. Then defend your vision. That means you run with it. You defend it. You put action to it. You defend it. Write it down. Speak it. Write it down. Speak it and run with it. Amen. Number three is Habakkuk 2, 3. I, point, I pointed it. I put it as, wait, be patient, trust the Lord. Amen. Because we are all action people. We put a vision, we want to complete it before we even finish writing it. Yes. But it says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. What he's saying is, I have given you vision. Now Moses, not Moses, Abraham, I told you. I told you, Abraham, that you will be a father of many nations. But wait a minute. 
Don't go producing your own babies. Because I can do it. I want to show it to God how well I can do it. The disciples did it. Lord, in your name we cast out demons. In your name we did this. In your name we did that. And Jesus turned around and said, what? I don't know you. I don't know you. But God, we built buildings in your name. I don't know you. But God, I get $50,000 in your name. I don't know you. Why? Because you never knew me. You went ahead and did it in your own strength. It is God who gave the vision. It is God who will bring the vision to pass. Trust God. Waiting is the most difficult thing to do for all of us. If you want to really find that out, come drive with me. For five minutes. I'm not a good driver. But waiting is, it teaches us. Waiting is not passive, it's active. Wait be patient and trust the Lord. Wait. How did Abraham fulfill the promise of God? Through patience. Wait. But you say, God, when? How long? I've been waiting. Look at me. My, my, look at me. I'm in my 40s now. I want to do this. I want to do that. No, wait. When I was 14... I knew God would call me into missions and I wanted to go to Africa and I'm still waiting on the Lord on that vision. And I said, give me a wife. At 14, I said, give me a wife that, will, uh, that I marry who will be ready to pack her bags and go with me wherever we go. God gave the wife. We packed the bags. We moved around, but we haven't been to Africa yet. We are waiting. We are waiting. Be patient and trust the Lord. Don't go producing Ishmael's. Oh, I can't be bothered with it. Do your own thing. What's that saying? Sorry, what is it? It is sorry. It is better to say, well, seek. Better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Right? Is that right? That, that is a sin. That is a sin. That is a sin. You need the permission of the Lord. Otherwise, you're taking Jesus' grace for granted. You're saying, I will go do it my way, but God, you're so good, you will forgive me. Don't push it. Last one. Live by faith. Behold, verse 4. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall what? The just shall... The just shall... The just shall, the just shall live by faith. We don't live by our own strength. The Bible says, cursed is a man who trusts in the arm of his flesh. Look at me, God. And God will say, yeah, look at you. And right now, your lifestyle does not bring fragrance to me. It brings a very bad smell. I mean, I'm talking Old Testament. When they offered their lives, offering brought sweet aroma to the fragrance of God. The just shall live by faith. You are sick, the just shall live by faith. You are hurting on the inside. When God, when I am tired of waiting, the just shall live by faith. God, I don't understand. What it requires is obedience. What it requires is obedience. 
It's not about money. You may have, I've got money, I'll do whatever I want to do with my money. No, God's going to hold you accountable about your money too. The just shall live by faith. Trina, you want to come up? Worship team, you want to come up, please? I've asked Trina to sing this song, Be Thou My Vision. Um, how many of you know this hymn? Yeah, it's a very good hymn, but I want you to just listen to this hymn. I know it's a hymn, you're like, hymn? Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful hymn. Listen to this hymn. I want you to just sit down, listen to it. Look and look and look at the lyrics on there. But my point is this this church vision is to raise and empower a generation. And we're not gonna hold back. We're gonna be near to here. Amen. We vision requires action. But we need to be patient. We need to wait. We need to trust the Lord. When the Lord says go, we go. When the Lord says stop we stop. He led the Israelites by the pillar of cloud by day and by pillar of fire by night. When God said go, they go. Moses said, I will not leave until you go with me. So God, give me a vision today. God, give, if you don't have a vision, my friend, or your vision is blurred. Maybe you had a vision a long time ago. Growing up, you grew up as a Christian and now you kind of like walked all over the place and you don't have clarity anymore. You say, God, restore that vision back. Restore the joy back. Restore my salvation back. Let me drink from the well of my salvation. Let me rejoice in you. Restore my vision, Lord. And the more clearly I see thee, the more clearly I walk in you. How do you see God? 